Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday. I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're in Galatians chapter 2 this week, day 1 of our look at this chapter. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5 in just a moment. You might remember last week we began a look at the good news that Paul tells in the book of Galatians together. Paul began a look for us at how you and I should handle the good news. We need to handle it with a sense of integrity and a sense of the importance of it, also a sense of the joy that we have in it. In chapter 2 of Galatians, we get to see how the history of Paul's life and Paul's ministry is all caught up in the telling of and the defending of, the spreading of the good news. And as we walk through that history, we're going to learn some things about the good news, but even more this week as we look through Galatians 2, we're going to look at some things about ministry and how you and I can serve Christ, serve Jesus in ways that are significant and meaningful in our lives. Now, with that in mind, let me read for you Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Fourteen years later, Paul writes, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders, for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on our freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. So you see in these verses some history of Paul's life. Now, really, we began this history last week. You have three years last week in chapter 1, and now we have here 14 years. Paul says after he left Damascus the first time, after he'd been saved, well, in fact, let me go through the sort of the history of Paul's life. You remember he was saved on the Damascus road. He's on the road to Damascus. He's going there to persecute the churches. And Jesus appears to him in a blinding light. He says, why are you kicking against the goads? And Paul decides to follow Christ. Paul is blinded while he's on that road. He goes to Damascus after his decision to follow Christ. He meets with a man by the name of Ananias, and he's introduced to the church. He's introduced to Jesus. He is freed from his blindness, and he begins to follow Christ. He begins immediately to preach, to tell others what has happened to him. Well, immediately, as was true with all of Paul's ministry, he is threatened. And because of the threats against Paul's life, he is, they take him to the city wall of Damascus, and they lower him in a basket through one of the windows in the wall outside at night, and then he runs off into the night. Now, Paul later in his ministry was ashamed of this moment, his decision to do that. He wished he would have stayed. But he goes and he spends three years after that somewhere, apparently, with Jesus Christ. And he learns the ways of Jesus. He learns the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, after those three years, he comes back And eventually he makes his way to Jerusalem. And there, the church is still afraid of him. They still remember when he persecuted the church. And so this time he's introduced to the church in Jerusalem and then in Antioch by a friend by the name of Barnabas. Now, Barnabas means encourager. He was called the encourager, and he encouraged the early ministry of Paul. And there in Antioch, Paul and Barnabas together grow with the believers. And as a result of their growth, they go on what's called the first missionary journey. They go out and they reach out to people who are not Jews. They successfully reach many, many Gentiles. And at the end of that journey, and here's where we get to these verses for today, at the end of 14 years, Paul's come back, he's met people in Jerusalem, he's gone to Antioch, he's gone out on the first missionary journey, and now 14 years later, he's come back from that journey. And there are questions. 
People have questions about these Gentiles, these non-Jews coming to faith. Up to that point, it had been all Jewish people. And so Paul has a revelation from God, and based on that revelation, he and Barnabas and some others go to Jerusalem for what's come to be known now as the Jerusalem Council. You can read about it in Acts chapter 15 in the Bible. And this is where it's decided that the Gentiles can become believers in Jesus Christ without first having to become Jews. Now, actually, God had decided this long ago. You can read it through the Old Testament even, and certainly in the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament. But this is where the church, the early church, puts its stamp of approval on God's will. This is the 14 years later. That's what we read about here in Galatians chapter 2. And as you read about what happened when Paul went up to Jerusalem from his own lips, from his own voice, you learn a lot about the heart of Paul. You learn a lot about the heart of serving others. Just, just walk through these verses with me real quickly and look at what we learn. You learn some things about partnership in ministry. Paul says, I went with Barnabas, I went with Titus. If you read about the ministry of Paul, you see he always did things in partnership with others. He never did it alone. We're not meant to serve Christ all alone. We're meant to serve Christ in partnership with others, serving other people. And if you're in a place right now where you're discouraged in ministry, discouraged in serving others or in God using his gifts through your life, the first place to always look is, am I trying to do it alone? Because God doesn't mean for you to do it alone. We do it in a body. We do it together. Paul also says, as you read through these verses, that he went to Jerusalem in response to a revelation. I mean, that teaches you also something about the ministry of Paul and serving others in our life. Paul, for him, ministry meant following Christ. And a revelation simply means Jesus told him to do something, and so he did it. He decided, this is what Jesus wants me to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm living my life in response to following Christ. Not in response to the voice of the crowd. Not in response even to what I most want to do. But I wake up in the morning and I say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And when I get a sense of that, I go after that. Now, sometimes you're going to have what Paul had here. You're going to have a revelation. It's not going to just be a, a sense of this is what I should do. It's going to be as clear as a bell. And when those moments happen, do not hesitate to do exactly what he's revealing to do. Ministry is following Christ. Ministry is done in partnership with others. Ministry is also something that is done in the reality of the human heart. And because of that, we face struggles sometimes. Paul says, I went up because I was afraid that I was running in vain or I had run in vain. Now, it's obvious as you read what happened in Acts chapter 15 that Paul had great confidence that he was following God's call. So this isn't expressing doubt about his call what he had real concerns about were that others might steal the life-changing results of that call. He'd gone out and he'd preached to the Gentiles, and now the church was saying, well, we're not going to accept them as real Christians. And Paul is saying, i got to go up and i got to protect the gospel in this moment. And in this, you hear something else about ministry with Paul. If you want to have the kind of ministry that Paul had, the life-changing ministry, do it with partners, do it following Christ, realize you're going to have ups and downs. Paul certainly did. But stick to the strength of your convictions. That is the hallmark of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. In these verses, he says, we did not give in to them for a moment. He had strong convictions that were based on the voice of Jesus Christ in his life. And he lived out those convictions. And because of that, God did great things through his life. He says in these verses that he did this because there were many who were spying on their freedom, who were seeking to make us slaves. He had strong convictions because he knew that his convictions were very important that if he let go of the conviction of grace, not works, I don't get to God by my works, I get there by grace, that he would end up 
losing out on the main message of the gospel. Now, I think it's important here to draw a distinction between convictions about God's truth and convictions about our truth. Just having strong convictions are not enough. I want to filter them through. It's interesting. I said we were going to turn to Martin Luther's commentaries a number of times as we went through Galatians last week. Luther, as he writes in his commentary, he, has, he obviously has a battle with a group called the Anabaptists and also a battle with a group called the Catholics that we're more familiar with. The battle with the Catholics was that they were teaching you could be saved by means other than grace. And even in his day, they were saying you could buy forgiveness for other people by giving certain amounts of money to the church. You could actually purchase forgiveness. So he taught against this false doctrine. Great conviction. But Luther also had great conviction against the Anabaptists, the same kind of conviction when they didn't have actually the same disagreements. They did have disagreements about baptism. And Luther had a hard time drawing the distinction between false teaching and disagreements between believers. You know what? I think we all do. We all do. When I have a disagreement with somebody, how do I know if it's not just an opinion or if it's really about teaching? Well, I go to God's Word. And when I go to God's Word, I can find out, is this about just my opinion or is this about God's opinion? And it's also interesting that the Bible teaches us that when I disagree with a fellow believer, I need to confront that face to face. When I disagree with a false teacher, the Bible often sometimes says, stay away from false teachers. But if it's with a fellow believer, somebody in my church, if I'm not sure if they're a believer even or not, it needs to be face to face. We get this one very confused today. I see people all the time treating fellow believers like false teachers just because they disagree with them over some political fact and treating false teachers as if they were fellow believers, not shying away from the danger of what they're doing. I know someone's a fellow believer when they believe Jesus is the only way to salvation when they believe that God's word, the Bible, and whole is truth. Now, that's just a, an aside about the ministry of Paul, the strength of his convictions. You want to have strong convictions about God's word and live out those convictions. Paul, in the end, says, I'm doing this all for a purpose. And if you really want to have the kind of ministry the apostle Paul had, here's the purpose. He says, so that the truth of the gospel might remain in you. The motivation is to serve. The convictions are strong. You do it with partners. You do it following Christ. But the motivation is to serve people. God's put people into your life today to serve in his name. It might be one person. It might be a thousand people. But he's put them in your path, in your life today, with an opportunity to serve him. Let's pray today, right now, for the strength to serve. Jesus Christ, make me a servant. Help me to follow you. You didn't come to be served, but to serve. So today, make me a servant. First in my heart. In, in my soul, Jesus Christ, I, I want to humble myself. And instead of living today for me, I, I praise you that you've given yourself for me so that I can live today for others. So in my heart, I want to serve. And then with my hands, I want to serve. Show me what to do. Show me how to serve. Show me how to make a difference for your sake in the world today. I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about two powerful principles for serving others in love. <music> 